Well, here it is. I'm talking about the first issue of the latest G.I. Joe miniseries from IDW, Snake Eyes Dead Game. Story and art are by the famous and controversial Rob Liefeld, with script and dialogue by Chad Bowers. Many of you out there know the artistic tropes of Mr. Liefeld. Some of you may be excited about this book. Some of you may have been dreading it. What's my opinion? Well, sit tight, because here we go. Before I start, I want to say that I think this story is meant to be a standalone. I don't think it's meant to plug into the Real American Hero continuity or to Paul Aller's G.I. Joe stories. It's just meant to be an adventure that stands on its own. The issue opens in Norway in the year 782. We see a confrontation between a Nordic warrior and another warrior dressed in red, said to be from the east. The Nordic warrior is heavily implied to be Thor, the god of thunder, and we only see the beginning of their fight. You can use Thor in a comic book, because he's a mythological creature, just as long as you don't use the Thor that looks like Marvel's. We jump to a splash page of Snake Eyes in present-day Norway, making his way into a fortified compound. He's part of a rescue operation of a captured Joe. Flashbacks tell us that a coded message from the prisoner contained two bits of information, coordinates for the compound, and a specific request for Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes makes his way in and dispatches some guards with ease. The guards are only in silhouette. They also have t different types of guns from one panel to the next. Snake Eyes meets up with Roadblock and Tripwire, who are working on the door to the captured Joe's cell. At least I think it's a cell. We don't get any detail in the backgrounds to tell us anything. Roadblock shares with Snake Eyes that whoever's in this installation, they aren't Cobras. Inside the cell was Joe Colton, the original G.I. Joe himself. He tells the Joes that he was grabbed in Cairo and asked to translate an ancient scroll. I think they're leaning on his days as a globetrotting adventurer rather than a soldier. He tells Snake Eyes that he asked for him because his captors are starting something called the Dead Game, and only someone with Snake Eyes' skills has a hope of stopping it. Snake Eyes runs out onto the ice and sees a group of ninja-like warriors performing some kind of ritual where they appear to be using some of their energy or life force to resurrect what looks like a mummy wrapped in red. I'm still not sure how Snake Eyes knew where to go. It's a scene that's ripped right from a Frank Miller Daredevil comic. Snake Eyes jumps into the fray, which is impressive because he's drawn on top of a cliff a good distance away in one panel, and right next to the ninjas in the next. It's unclear how many ninjas Snake Eyes is taking out, but he's taking all of them out. However, they're just to delay Snake Eyes from stopping the ritual. The Red Mummy is revived and revealed to be the Red Wizard Corrigan. I think that might be how you pronounce it, we don't know. He's asking for his sword, which he says he needs for the game. His followers say they have not located it yet. It's clear he was the warrior in red from the beginning. Snake Eyes jumps in, guns blazing. Of course, the very next panel, he goes from holding two pistols to a sword and a pistol. Where the pistols came from and where they go, nobody knows. I never thought I'd say this, but Snake Eyes is a little underpouched. Snake Eyes engages the red wizard in battle and gets some good licks in, but he can't seem to do any real damage. The wizard recognizes Snake Eyes' skill, but gets the upper hand. The cavalry comes in the form of Scarlet, firing the worst firearm I've ever seen, and Timber, who looks more like Rocket Raccoon. She fires down the cliff at the wizard, despite being drawn firing up, but is then drawn right next to Snake Eyes. Joes have teleporters, I guess. Snake Eyes and Scarlet apparently just stand and watch as the ninjas load Corrigan into a helicopter that seems to be right next to them. Then Roadblock with the second worst gun I've ever seen, and Joe Colton show up. Those who complain about the gun that the classified Roadblock figure comes with, count your blessings. It could be worse. Roadblock strikes the classic Captain America with overinflated chest bows, and his and Joe Colton's necks are bigger than their heads. They all agree to disregard earlier orders to return to base, 
and to try and keep Corrigan from getting a sword. How they know about the sword, I'm still not sure. But that's not all that important. I'm of two minds about this book. The story itself is not that bad. One or two little plot holes, but otherwise it's a pretty solid action story. Chad Bowers is using captions to narrate the story, which is needed because Snake Eyes spends most of the story alone, and traditionally we don't often get to read what's going on inside his head. Writers often use the other Joes to make that clear. Snake Eyes is mostly alone, so we do need to get some background information this way. I think this particular device works well. The dialogue and captions are what carry this book forward, and Chad is a G.I. Joe fan and he knows the characters. There's some decent sequences of Snake Eyes in action. The fight with Corrigan is really pretty good. It really showcases the skill and prowess of Snake Eyes. Unfortunately, you can't just draw fight scenes for the whole book, and that's where the art starts to struggle. Transitions are just weird. Characters are yards away from each other and then right next to each other. Cliffs appear and disappear. Backgrounds are non-existent. Without the captions, I would really have very little sense of place and what was going on in the story. I said it before, the Joes are a little underdesigned. Normally, Rob Liefeld has a reputation for overdesigning everybody and adding all sorts of extra pouches and belts. Snake Eyes actually could have used more pouches. He has bands on his legs that should have holsters for his pistols, but they don't. He has straps on his shoulders that should have had scabbards for his swords, but they don't. As a result, Snake Eyes is just pulling weapons from nowhere. He's kind of like Batman on the Super Friends, just pulling whatever out of the utility belt. The designs of the weapons in this book are just awful. Overall, though, this issue is a nice diversion. The point is to see Snake Eyes in action, and that's what we got. The action sequences work for the most part, and Chad Bowers' script rescues the rest of the book. I'm in for the next issue, and I do want to know more about what the dead game is. It's Snake Eyes in solo action, and we haven't seen that much of that over the last few years. As I record this, IDW has reported that this issue is sold out. No matter what you feel about his art, Rob Liefeld on a book gets attention. I have no problem with a G.I. Joe comic getting attention if it means it's selling lots of books. If you're interested, head to your local comic shop and try and find a copy. Sold out means that the publisher and distributor don't have any more, but your comic shop still might. If not, IDW is going to a second printing, so more will be coming. So get, if you need to get on the list to get one, go ahead and do that. That's all for this time. When the next G.I. Joe release comes out, I'll see you at the Comics Rack. Remember to vote November 3rd.